0: H okay go wow. ahead <laughs> okay
1: how you like i the lady with the paper hat asked me as she poured a little more coffee into my cup was that you say I said as a sad smile spread across her face and I looked up she said I'd take you to be a soft-boiled man and I don't understand I reluctantly confessed listen son she said I'd upset you, but you've got to know I'm going to have to break a couple of things to make your breakfast. Just, Just glad to see, see blue morning and the yellow egg, had the break of a new day, but
2: you got to break them before you make them, that's what they say. But you got to break them before you make them, that's what they say.
1: Break them before you make them. That's what they say.
0: Welcome to How Do You Like Your Eggs, a podcast for people who love to eat from people who live to cook. I'm Anna Goen, and you may notice a little bit of an absence tonight. Unfortunately, Jake, my uh, very charming co-host, has come down with a little bit of a bug, so he won't be joining us. Um, But in exchange to kind of make up for it, I have two very wonderful guests here with me tonight, um, Sierra Torres and Grace Treffinger, co-founders and owners of the catering company Cattail Cooks. Grace is um, a coordinator for the New Orleans Center for the Gulf South, and Sierra is the recently appointed food gallery manager for the uh, Louisiana Children's Museum, so... We have some really exciting stuff to talk about. Um, thank you guys so much for being here with me tonight.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: To kick things off, you had the grace of, oh, pun intended, I guess, <laughs> yeah. of um, telling me to surprise you with how uh, we made the eggs. So I made some soft-boiled eggs a little bit ahead of time and some sourdough bread because I know that's something you guys are interested in and passionate about oh it's delicious (laughs) so I'm so glad that you are here and enjoying let's uh start at the beginning which is where I always tend to start when I'm talking to people on the show I know that both of you attended NOCA um Sierra with me that's where we met when we were both in high school which is pretty funny to think about now (laughs) but where we're both at in life what interested you guys in going into food from such a young age, younger than I feel like most people really kind of get into it.
1: I feel like you should start because you're... Yeah, whoever can start, start, that's all right. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Yeah, I started pretty young, just growing up in a really big family of people who cook together all the time. So that's... Since I was seven, I think, I was just like really hell-bent on becoming a chef. That changed, but it was cool for a while. That was really what I was doing, and I got to get into some kitchens Mm -hmm. and work a lot and had a little catering company with my sister when we were little, informal oh, wow. catering company. Yeah. <laughs> Not an LLC. And um <laughs> And then decided, yeah. And then Noka actually opened only my senior year of mm-hmm. high school, so I got to attend that for a year, and that was really amazing. It's yeah. your journey, Sarah.
1: <laughs> so yeah. I started going to Noka my freshman year, so mm-hmm. me and Grace actually never went to school together. I know um, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, she started the. I started the year after she had already left. My so senior year, your senior year, yeah. So yeah, it's kind of funny that like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we all kind of the, the, the in little and out.
1: the little timelines of things, but um, what we were um, oh yeah, sorry, this is just. Ugh. So can I, no, can it's I okay. It
0: Podcasting is—it's uh, pretty hard work. It's not really for <laughs> everybody. Uh- but um,
1: yeah, so I—I uh, I never had a, like never cooked a lot at home when I was growing up. Like mm-hmm. my mom made gumbo on Sundays, but she never had time to cook on like, the weekdays. Really cook all the time. Yeah, I grew up in like a single family household, so like she was always working, and so my uncle, who I would spend the summers with, like kind of as like a summer camp. Um, at my aunt uncle's house, he started teaching me. Like, to- yeah, you. Think I, I, I was to say I met your uncle. So,
2: like, <laughs> Fuck yeah, this is crazy. This is so weird. But uh <laughs> that's
1: my mind. Uh, yeah. We should have caught up before we did this. I know, but- New Mexico. Uh, <coughs> <clears throat> anyway, so he taught me how to cook, and I just really w- started getting interested in it. And when I was younger, I thought it was a great way to bring people together, mm-hmm. and like, was a good little community. Like, I th- I think that was a big reason why I kept cooking, or like, why I started cooking. Yeah, because I thought it was amazing to create things for people, and that everyone could like come. around around a table and eat food and like just that human like that joy was like the thing that brought me into it i think um but yeah yeah. i
0: think that's really kind of the motivating factor for a lot of people who like choose to pursue food is you're like oh you know sharing with people and like this joy and the kind of like universal nature of it i think is Mm -hmm. really cool out of noca you guys kind of veered a little bit grace you started working in restaurants Mm -hmm. pretty much right away in CRU. You worked in restaurants for a little while, but ended up going to college pretty much straight out of high school. Yeah, I worked um, I worked at Patois uh for two years while I was in high school, like on the weekends and like mm-hmm. cook, yeah. Um what kind of persuaded you guys to like go the routes that you went following like high school graduation?
2: Yeah, I'll start again. Um <laughs> I well, my main motivation, I did not want to pay for culinary school, and those were the yeah. only things I applied for out of NOCA and I was like this is crazy. Why would I spend $40,000 a year for things that when I've been learning into working and, like- and getting paid very little, but getting paid something at least. And then also I saw people around me going into a lot of college debt and I was terrified of that. So I was yeah. just like took some time off and I worked in Chicago for a year and I was a line cook at Girl and the Goat and also was starting to do more kind of like nonprofit work around food access and education Um, and yeah, and I learned a lot. I learned a lot about like the contradictions in both places and what kind of setting I would want to work in. I was like, I don't really want to work in kitchens anymore. Like I'm breaking my body for- rich people eat nice food and I'm making ten dollars an hour I don't know I was yeah, just like no, totally like that was. was just like one of the big things when I was seeing that and I loved the hustle and I loved like the camaraderie and the creativity and a lot of it but I was just like there's another way like there must be another way mm-hmm. so I was like that's kind of when my path switched and I was more interested in understanding all those contradictions a little more and like the equity issues around food and working in food systems food systems kind of yeah yeah
1: Can you, sorry, can you repeat the original question I got? No, it's okay. I got
0: lost in the story. What? I know, right? It's very motivating. (laughs) Uh, What what is it that sort of drove you to go to UMass and study agriculture in the first place? Yeah. So, um,
1: when I was in my senior year of high school or maybe even earlier that, and like I had identified already that I loved cooking, that I was a passion and mm-hmm. I wanted to spend the rest of my life doing it. Working uh, in food, for yeah. Sure. Working on food. Mm-hmm. I started when I was working at Patois, I saw we would get all this p- produce delivered from different people. And <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just like really like, uh, delivered from all these different people that weren't from Louisiana, or, like, just, like, from Louisiana Fresh or whatever, Mm -hmm. and... Started asking questions. Okay. Like, why? Like, where is that food coming from? Like, you know, we get to transform these amazing ingredients to something that, like, people really enjoy. But then, like, I just was curious. I was just curious about where the other side, like, who was the people growing the food? Like, how yeah. was it being grown? I um, started getting involved in this movement called Slow Food when it was down in New Orleans. It doesn't really currently, it, 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 it's embodied in different move, like, uh, uh the mm-hmm. slow food ideology is embodied, but there's nobody organizing for slow food down here anymore and i learned about the dead zone in the gulf of mexico which is caused by industrial agriculture from farms in uh along the west of the mississippi who you know grow a ton of corn spray a ton of fertilizer and inappropriately and apply that and it ends up running into the into the gulf of mexico and creating these like like nitrogen areas that have a lot of nitrogen and then become um Void of oxygen. I'm not going to explain the whole process. No, that's okay. But People but can no, Google dead zone that- and figure it out. Um, but I was like, something that I love so much is destroying my home. Like something that I love food. Yeah. I mean, and, I mean, this is like the bigger, like you know, to a 17 year old you're trying to figure out what you're going to do in the world. Yeah, for and, big you know what questions. I mean? And kind of similar to Grace, I didn't want to go to culinary school because it was yeah. so expensive, and people in restaurants were telling me like, like just don't go to yeah, that's like, that's, you that's so stupid need to do that. Yeah, it yeah. costs way too much money, and yeah, it's for. I'm not going to get into that, what it's for, but, uh, culinary school. But, um, yeah, I just got, yeah, so I went to school for agriculture because I knew that I wanted to come back Mm -hmm. to New Orleans and work on this issue. Um, how can we change that? Like, why is it happening? I wanted to understand it. I don't know why I thought going to Massachusetts would give you those answers. Maybe I just needed to get out of New Orleans a little bit. I
0: mean, I think that's fair. Yeah, to kind of distance yourself a little bit. Absence makes the heart grow fonder, so they mm-hmm. say. Yeah, dude. The,
1: every day I woke up wishing I was back in New Orleans. I, I don't know if it was more for the people and the culture than it was like, yeah. Also, just yeah, to understand the problem that, like, where it where it is happening. But, um, but yeah, so that's why I started started studying agriculture mm-hmm. at UMass.
0: No, I think it's really interesting the way that, like, I don't know, you both went very different routes, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: it kind of looped back around to like looking at food systems from different perspectives in terms of like inequity in terms of food or like in agriculture i do think yeah i think that's really cool i'd love to take a like a quick little detour grace and ask you a little bit because you were working in chicago for Mm -hmm. a while i don't know i like to ask people who've worked in different cities like what they've noticed differently about the food culture in other cities or maybe even just like working in restaurants Mm -hmm. like any differences that they've noticed
2: Yeah, I worked in restaurants, so in Chicago and in San Francisco and Berkeley, and definitely very different. (laughs) (laughs) All three of those places are four, very different from New Orleans. And yeah, so Chicago, I noticed, I mean, as far as the food scene, it's like, it's just freaking cold, like it's very cold. So in the wintertime, it's just like all the food is just, it felt really, I mean, it was so delicious, but like really heavy, like meaty. Mm. Mm-hmm. sandwiches and like chicago hot dogs and <laughs> like i felt like i was just eating like a lot of like cheese and meat and bread all the time
0: <laughs> which i mean doesn't It really... makes a lot of midwestern sense yeah honestly. it was like very
1: hearty but like and... compared to new orleans where we're eating butter all day yeah like... yeah
2: i mean i mean not that our food is like i'm happy with heavy food no, I'm, but I'm just joking with you I mean, whatever the, the, i don't know the vienna meat i don't even remember what it was called There's like these like thinly sliced gravy meat sandwiches it's so good but a lot, a lot. So good, it's very um. different. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then like San Francisco, where everything comes from, everything comes from a farm down the road. Like it's just so different. When yeah. I go back there and, and I talk tourism. to them about what we're trying to do and like what's going on in Louisiana, and I'm and I'm like, we're trying to, we'll get into that, but like you know, we're trying to connect farmers and chefs and farmers and just everyday people so that like people can afford to buy food and invest in the local economy and all these things. And they're like that was so many years ago for us you know and I'm like okay well we're in a different place (laughs) you know it's not the same it's not the same system but anyway no I mean I think that's
0: a pretty good segue into talking a little bit about like I don't know you guys as a team like cattail cooks and also like policy wise like what you guys are kind of trying to accomplish Mm -hmm. um I'd love to I don't know if you do. You have like a what is it? An elevator pitch or whatever? Like just kind of. <laughs> I feel like we what, probably have two you know, different ones. Yeah, we just way, registered but... our
1: LLC. We don't yeah, have an LLC. <laughs> no, that. no, that's
0: okay.
1: Their ideas. Just like yeah. Why did you a want bin. to start Cattail Cooks? Here? Yeah, well, okay, okay. I'm gonna go. So Cattail Cooks is something that me and Grace started last May. I I knew I was coming home yeah. like in May, but Grace was gonna planning on spending a year in Berkeley. Can I tell us mm-hmm. like this is kind of how we became to be an LLC and uh, business? But um. Uh, And then she came in for April to see her family for a month. And she called me. I was like, yeah, okay, you do you. Spend your year in California. Like, come back when you're ready. And then she came back, or she called me in April, was like, I'm actually going to stay. And so like yeah now we can start doing the work because like we had been living these lives where we were like doing the same not the same thing but like in on very
0: similar paths
1: right exactly but we had never like actually worked together like we had Mm -hmm. barely hung out we'd met
2: like like, three times yeah like we had never like but
1: we had just like i mean like our (laughs) lives were just like i worked in the same contract that grace like helped organize and like i was in italy in the same area that grace was in italy like it was just like constant like almost so when we came back to new orleans i knew that i wanted to keep cooking but i didn't want to work in restaurants anymore um i just didn't want to get like i loved cooking in restaurants but i wanted to do more organizing work and like try mm-hmm. to like figure out how we can change the food system and like having gained all this knowledge about agriculture like i wanted to like figure out like be some kind of middleman or yeah, like figure yeah. out some kind of way to do that but like also cooking was a passion and so like Cattle cooks kind of just like i don't know like Came as like wanting to keep cooking, but also like wanting to tell a story about the food that we were cooking, mm-hmm. and wanting to tell the story about the people who are growing it and the f- challenge that they're facing, and like really connecting to those people ourselves. Like when we first started, like we had so many like ideas. I mean, we still do have these ideals about like wanting to go visit all these farmers and like talk to them and like go there really and learn like about it. yeah, hey, just like start own podcast.
2: <laughs> Competing, <laughs>
1: but no, no, no. But I mean, it's like it's like at the fu- at the base of it, like it's like wanting to cook, like wanting to continue like mm-hmm. cooking because we love it, and like I'm, for me, I say I love it. <laughs> and uh, I'm sorry, I'm showing you I statements. Um, no, it's
0: okay. You guys are a unit now. That's I just love it. Yeah, that yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah.
1: Just the joy that it brings people, like wanting to continue our passion, but also like change, like both having identified having identified problems like yeah, within I, this I, industry. Like yeah. I'm not gonna just like I want to do something about. It. Like I just don't want to wake up everyday and have that be the reality that we live in and like also with Louisiana disappearing and all these different things and like so that's why I mean like like Cattail Cooks is like for me that's what it is it's being able to like mm-hmm. continue the passion but like yeah. like connect people to those issues tell those like, stories tell, yeah them. I mean maybe that sounds like kind of like I no know, I like mean cliche, but. I think
0: it's easy to be like oh blah blah, blah pretentious or whatever but I do think <laughs> at the end of the day there is a really big disconnect between like I don't know, a lot of people who are working with food and making food and kind of, like, the systems that provide that food mm-hmm. and the environment mm-hmm. that is providing that food. And mm-hmm. I think it it makes a lot of sense to just, like, I don't know, if you put it right there where people can see it and, like, know more about it, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier yeah. to be like, oh, wow, I've never even given a thought yeah. to, like, yeah. the people in this community that yeah. are providing this food for me. Yeah.
1: And w- when we first started cooking, so we first started doing, like, dinners for for organizations Mm -hmm. or like more like the bougie stuff Uh, but yeah when we started doing those dinners like when we come out and serve the food we would like talk about like where it was coming from and like like talk about the movement that that we were trying to be a part of and Mm -hmm. like help facilitate or whatever and like people were like, like they had never heard it, like not never heard of it, but like maybe the only thing that they ever heard of is like farm to table, which is like I don't know. I mean that, that is kind of I don't know. I don't like to say that even that's what we're trying to do because like it feels like something has of like a connotation. Elitist movement, yeah. Idea. Or just like I don't know. I just I just want people to know the people that are who are growing their food, you know. And, yeah, and, like and where else c- does food come from? Yeah, like, like why are we so disconnected? It just feels unnatural to be so disconnected from yeah. that and like these issues that like people are 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 faced that are like real problems and. <laughs> And, like, especially, specifically farmers, like, in the coastal, like, parts of Louisiana that are, like...
0: Really kind of facing these yeah, issues. they're, like, getting fucked right now. now. Like, fuck, yeah. what the hell yeah. is going Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, they are,
1: no are flooded and, like, constantly and, like... And it's, like, it's back-breaking work to be a farmer. Like, it is not a job that, like, I mean, it's a job you have to really love to want to do, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Unless you're doing it for, like, industrial reasons and you got your tractor, like, your mm-hmm. big-ass, like, machinery and shit like that, which...
2: Yeah, that's a whole mm-hmm. other thing. But yeah, so why? Sorry, Grace. I no, went. I don't have to. I mean, you said a lot of, of the things, things that I agree with. I, one thing I wanted to add is just thinking about like why we also didn't want to, or I don't know. Well, yeah, why I didn't want to go back to kitchens, but wanted to figure out ways to connect these connect all these problems and questions we were having like I have so many more questions than I like I just want to go and learn about all this stuff all the time (laughs) and I'm like I guess this could be my job if I could figure it out you know yeah but but (laughs) like one one thing that kept coming up and I think about that when I think of like service industry is that when I the restaurants I worked in like I liked them a lot and I learned so much but I felt like kind of a machine at the end of the day yeah like as a line cook I was like I'm just like doing the same thing every day breaking my back and I'm like loving the hustle and I'm loving the like camaraderie but I'm tired and I'm not (laughs) learning as much as I want to be learning because I'm just trying to put out like 400 of this dish every day Mm -hmm. so it's just like I think that and that's not and that's what a lot of kids like I currently teach at NOCA and like at culinary arts there and I'm just like we're teaching you know kids grow up and like youth and whatever you want to call it like people grow up wanting to be chefs and they imagine a lot of this old idea of what cooking is and it's like i that makes me sad i'm like we don't have to live this way like we can be like inspired creative artists cooks and there yeah. are ways that like that doesn't have to happen in a restaurant and yeah, there are ways so that like you don't have to be it's like very industrial that like that. it's like industrial farms industrial kitchens like it's the oh, same good. yeah there's like we have it on both ends and it's like we don't need to be like we can de-industrialize like both sides of this whole <laughs> system if we like think creatively and like find a way to like yeah just kind of bridge
0: that gap totally. i guess a little bit
2: yeah no, I, that's really and just to clarify for cats cooks
1: like it's kind of weird we don't like to call ourselves catering i don't know okay. i mean we do but like it's so hard to describe like I, I, we've been using like food projects because like like we do cook for like you know private dinners or events but we also like are really interested in cooking for like social movements and political movements that we care about and like support how do we support Mm -hmm. those organizations and like things like you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so it's not just like we've actually you know maybe we did start like through like these kind of higher up you know like networks of people cooking for them like anybody would start up but um like, it's really – like, we've been just declining all that stuff because, like, we really wouldn't want to, like, devote more, like, time to, like, education kind of and, like, yeah. yeah, like that. Like, let's cook for people who we actually – like, like
0: not, not that we don't want everybody to eat our food, but that's- But, no, I mean, I, I understand what you're yeah. saying. Like, we yeah. can
2: talk about this a lot. then we get
0: fired up? <laughs> no, that's okay. I mean, I, that's why I wanted to have you guys on the show.
2: So we just got off the phone with Margie Green, oh, okay. pretty easy last name to remember, related to <laughs> nature Green and, and agriculture. and um, But she is – yeah, so she's a farmer and an educator and an organizer and all these things, and she's amazing. And, um, this position, like, has a lot of control over a lot, or a lot of power, at least. And it's been, you know, historically abused as a lot of political positions are. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of room for change. So it's, it is a hopeful moment, but she is running on a campaign of, like, food, farms, climate, and cannabis. So. There are four big things there. You can read about her policies online, because I'm sure you have lots of questions now. Definitely um, recommend. <laughs> but um, but she, yeah. So we just got off the phone with Margie and her basically campaign manager, or I don't know if that's her title, but Maggie. And we were talking about um, the Louisiana Sustainable Agricultural Working Group is having a kind of conference. Yeah, sustainable agriculture working. working. <laughs> okay. Um, a lot of and, things to Google I know. for folks. At home. Yeah. Basically talking about farming in Louisiana and how are we going to keep doing it? So, um, farmers are coming together and we are going to be organized. This is another side project really related to Cato Cooks, but we're not actually cooking because we're too busy for that right now. <laughs> um, but we are going to be facilitating a conversation, trying to bridge the gap between chefs and farmers and to get people to address. Yeah those issues and source more locally and yeah that's really amazing yeah and we we
1: just had this like big conversation about like you know chefs will complain like if you ask them what like chefs and restaurants Mm -hmm. that make a lot of money or can afford to support local farms like Mm -hmm. if you ask them like why don't you like why don't you buy more local produce like we have a 12-month growing season this is like crazy that we don't aren't like all of our food isn't coming from like here and like they'll say like it's not consistent it's not Mm -hmm. um it's not consistent it's uh like we don't we don't get their order forms in time or like mm-hmm. it's it's inconvenient for us to like ch- drive around yeah. the city and like we've been doing that as cat Dale cooks like going like to ten or like not ten that's like over like going three or four places just to buy like food for a small dinner that we're cooking for or an event you know because it's important mm-hmm. to us that we like go source the food from the farmers and it's just it's a difficult process so, Like yeah. it's understandably difficult for chefs who already work a lot of hours mm-hmm. to do all that and then on the farmer's side, too, like, farmers will say, like, oh, sh-, you know, they'll have their own, um complaints, like, complaints. complaints about. Yeah. And so, like, but it's, it's crazy because in New Orleans, we have this huge, like, food and tourism industry. It, they're, like, a part of our economy that can be supporting the local farmers. But, mm-hmm. they're, like, we're, so where, like, where, yeah, yeah the, the disconnect. Where is That's, the disconnect? yeah. Yeah, okay, so and so that's kind of like what we're trying organization, to organization yeah of. we're trying to bring people together just to like have those conversations and to understand like each side and maybe like there we don't know what a solution is like we have some ideas people are people are doing it and doing it like to the best of their ability in the current system so like you know we want to pull from those community like mm-hmm. chefs and, le- and farmers who are are trying to make that stretch so like that's one thing that we're just here to like facilitate the conversation but um we just had a conversation with Margie today about that which is which is really cool like to yeah like to be like trying forefront. to create a, a like a community of people who both like bust their asses and like work forever or, like work a ton and people enjoy food in <laughs> this way but like yet like they're getting like you know what I mean? They're just yeah, 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 always yeah. working and never making any money. So like, yeah. it's like, we're all in this, in the same battle together, yeah. we just got to figure out a way to like support each other. So that's, that's like, that's a part of Cattail cooks. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like we cook, but like, we're also like trying to organize for all these different things. Um, but right now in August and September, we've been teaching uh, cooking classes at NOCA for adults. Um, that, uh, around we frame each class around a different eco region of Louisiana from the food perspective. And so, um, like the first one was about meats in Louisiana so we like got whole rabbits or not meats in Louisiana regional meats and so we got whole rabbits from a guy in Mississippi and um, like whole chickens from local farms in Louisiana and t- taught people to break down the whole animal and like cook rabbit sauce pecan and like all this stuff and the second one's about seafood and we got whole fish really gutted cool. them and like broke them down and it was bycatch so it's like fish that Shrimpers and people catch that isn't like the thing on the market. Yeah. Yeah, So, so so we like showing them, like, here's like a fish that you won't find on your market, but like you can find your local fisherman who's fishing it, like here in Louisiana. Um, So, like, Trying to focus on these and and providing resources for people to be able to support those on their own. So like we created meat cheat sheets for people to like, <laughs> <laughs> which yeah means different things to chefs, but just basically places where like people can source from lo- local meat um really cool. and seafood too. So so like that's you know it's not just like here's some cooking classes you know yeah for no, people but a, like a goal and intention yeah intention and there. and like and we are like for that too we see ourselves as facilitators like the I always leave feeling like just like cr- crazy excited and just like my mind is blown because people have so many amazing stories around food and like mm-hmm. have so many recipes and traditions and like ways of thinking so it's just like it's like this cool like amazing exchange so, like that's what kind of what we're doing right yeah. now Um there's a lot going yeah. on yeah
0: a lot going on very exciting stuff <laughs> outside then, of our full-time jobs yeah, yeah official podcast endorse- endorsement
2: for yeah. margie because yeah 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 She's
0: okay cool. great <laughs> oh. <laughs> welcome Margie we'll be right back with some more questions for Sierra and Grace but first a plea for our sponsors if you're interested in supporting How Do You Like Your Eggs as either an advertiser or underwriter email louder at cicadaradio.com that's L-O-U-D-E-R at cicadaradio.com or contact us with questions comments and concerns at howdoyoulikeyoureggs at cicadaradio.com and now back to the show
2: Yeah, sounds great
0: ain't nothing um so i'd like to dive back in a little bit and ask you guys i guess some separate questions uh break up the the unit a little bit yeah please (laughs) physically distance yourself from from one (laughs) another no No, really stay on the mic um (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sierra, so I want to, I don't know, I just would love to know a little bit about what kind of work you're going to be doing for the museum and like what being the food gallery manager like means, I don't know, in terms of programming or like really what your vision is for the position.
1: Yeah. So when I try to explain this job, this is the job that I don't tend to tell people or like, I like throw in at the end because it's just so hard to explain, explain explain what uh, the fuck I do. But, uh, sometimes I don't even know what I don't know. Um, so yeah, and the follow that food gallery manager. So the museum is split into, um, multiple galleries that focus around a different part of New Orleans and Louisiana or like tell a story about New Orleans and Louisiana. So, um, mine's follow that food. And so, um, we encourage kids through the different exhibits to follow the, the journey that their food goes on and to, to get to their plate. So um, there are exhibits in my gallery that talk about transportation um, or growing food mm-hmm. or like... Um, the grocery store which is something that was in the iconic oh, the original yeah Museum, yeah it's of called the food in you market now um Cute. sponsored by rouse's oh <laughs> uh, yeah fucking cheers for that um but no yeah so and <laughs> there's a, a creole kitchen or a cafe and there's a crawfish boil and there's like all these cool um experiences where kids can can have positive interactions around mm-hmm. food and engage in in learning in a playful way and so um, I really, I like, I really love, I mean, we just started, we we're about to open this weekend, uh, for Labor Day weekend. So it's just kind of been in the like big dreaming phase. I've been yeah, drinking the Kool-Aid for a long to, like, time. Dig into and- the <laughs> <laughs> but it's crazy because like, I, they started this project 13 or 12 years ago or, 14 years ago. Yeah. Cause they started it like, two weeks before Katrina. Um, oh my gosh. and they were like, you know, we, our estate was in the lowest for education or child well, well being or, um, mm-hmm. one of those indicators. And they were like, we need like how, like our children are full of potential. Like it, it's not our children that there's something's wrong with our children. It's something that's wrong with the way that, that we're educating those children. Yeah, yeah. Or not even educating. Like we're just not helping them reach their full potential. Yeah. And so that's something they follow. At the museum, it's called the Reggio Emilia Philosophy, and yeah, it's like, how can you be a facilitator in helping our children reach their full potential, and ask that, like, they're already curious about the world, they're already thinking and learning and all this stuff, but how can we ask them questions, like provocations, to engage those thoughts or engage that natural curiosity. Um, And so, uh, it's crazy because like two weeks before Katrina, they like were like, we need to build this thing. And then everyone's across the country, the, like whole city's destroyed. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um yeah, on well, the day. But uh and then, you know, but they still came back and we're like, we need to build this thing. So I get to manage that gallery and that experience for the kids. So it's really cool to be someone from New Orleans who's worked in this both sides of the industry representing and like teaching kids yeah, about. That's
0: a really. Or
1: facilitating this experience. And then we have an edible garden too. So I get to like basically build that from the ground up so i've been like starting a bunch of loops centers. back to
0: the work you were doing when you were in college which yeah really cool. yeah
1: and yeah i just think that food education is really important mm-hmm. and showing kids that food can be a form of empowerment is like that that's what it was for me you know going yeah. through culinary school especially in new orleans is such a rich city so i feel like for for food and that's kind of what i would like that's mm-hmm. what i see it as you know what i mean like giving back to our our kids and like yeah exposing them so i know you
0: were doing some some sort of like summer camp work kind of along that same lines of like helping kids relate to food systems and food culture which is like very cool and teaching some cooking classes i don't know like at the end of the day how do how do you feel like working with kids is is an experience because i think a lot of people in the (laughs) restaurant industry never really have that Dude, like I, unless they have kids yeah know? I've
1: been honestly thinking about that a lot the past two days because so right <laughs> do <'cause>,
0: I even <laughs> like kids <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, what the fuck am I doing I we've been having test days in the museum so it's been like chaos like tons of kids oh, wow. everywhere that's and crazy I've been just p- picking up a lot of fake food recently and so as I'm like picking up all this fake food I'm also thinking about like just like re- I mean if I do that for eight hours straight like I'm like ready like, I cannot wait to go home but like working in restaurants I can work 15 hours straight and like you know what I mean I'd be, yeah. I'd be tired but I love to doing it so it definitely it definitely like you know that's not gonna be my job all the time but it's definitely interesting to see like you know the difference difference. like I could spend all day just cooking and like not talking to people that much or like I like to talk to people but like you know what I mean just being in my own world creating you know direct end result but this is kind of like bigger scheme work like you know maybe like picking up food for a couple hours, or, like, picking up fake food and talking to kids about what you're cooking in the fake kitchen you know, or whatever whatever it is yeah. or like trying to like... Because like, these are really young kids. They're like from birth to eight years old. So like, you know, I could wow, yeah, be young. working with a toddler who doesn't even, you know, can't even talk at that point. And you're point. trying to like engage but, but with that's, them. But that's still an important interaction. And so like, you know, yeah. when you're cooking in a restaurant, you're cooking for people and like you have that direct like impact or like impact or result. But like here I'm like thinking about a bigger scheme thing so you just gotta yeah it's, it's, it's a it's different, different it's a different line of work yeah that's so that's that's kind of what i'm doing at the museum. it's a cool place everyone should come um and it's really amazing how much thought about louisiana and culture and um our ecosystem and ecology has been put into that museum and i cannot wait for you guys to
0: come yeah i can't wait to check it out yeah
1: i, I get jitters going in because it's just like ah like this is what we need like this is not fun anymore this is like nice but it's like necessary it's like we need
0: this in louisiana so it's really exciting it'll be open by the time this episode comes out so please everybody listening to the podcast go check out the louisiana children's museum preferably bring a child (laughs) uh but i don't really know if Uh, there's like rules regarding (laughs) that
2: i don't either
0: (laughs) just a a large group of adults like we heard about it on a podcast i don't
2: know (laughs) (gasps) let's
0: not do that Grace, to kind of like flip the coin over to you a little bit. So you said you're doing some like organize, like community organizing work for the the New Orleans Center for the Gulf South. Mm-hmm. I would love—I don't know—I'd love to hear a little bit about how you got involved in that, kind of what the goals are there for you guys. Just mm-hmm. we're all living this reality of you know we
2: all live here exactly. <laughs> well, At know, the end of the your day, listeners are Actually, they could be all that's here.
0: true. We could be <laughs> international, reaching internationally. coast to coast. Yeah.
2: Well, here we are on the dirty coast. And so I do – I work for the New Orleans Center for the Gulf South. And I basically was – it's a very complicated project. Again, I think I was like – I appreciate how Sierra started. It's hard to sum up what I do. But basically what um, the project is called – get ready – the Anthropocene River Campus. And Anthropocene is a word (laughs) that a lot of people don't know. But basically it's a word – it's like a for scientists, they use that word to – Sum up, like, the geological epoch or era that we're now okay. in, where humans, anthro, anthro or anthropos humans are having the largest oh. impact on our geological record than any other species I'm amazed. i've i never
0: heard that term before that's yeah really interesting
2: and and it is really interesting and it's like the most accessible and like anthropocene like humans yes yeah. we know climate change is happening it's like it sticks but yeah. within that i think there's like plenty of room to critique it and that's what like working in academia sometimes is and mm. which is a whole like world <laughs> of its whole, own yeah. and yeah but i mean it's true like for actual realities Anthropocene, like it's not just humans that did this, it's like capitalism or it's like imperialism or white supremacy. Like, there's so much we can talk about. Oh, yeah. But, um, that's what I do. And so, this is a gathering that will happen in November. And I am the basically one of the co organizers. And it's all around the human relationship with the Mississippi River. And there's a lot there. So, we have people all the way from like upriver. That's really from the headwaters, where it's just wild to think, like living in New Orleans, growing up along the Mississippi, but. The Mississippi does, it starts from a small spring in Minnesota mm-hmm. and then we get, it gets down to, you know, and then yeah, and along you know, the, we have ferries that
0: cross it because you right. literally can't like across the it any other way. And it's like the
2: undercurrent is so strong and it's mm-hmm. like full of the industrial agricultural runoff that Sierra talked about. But I have a friend who's farming in Minnesota who's from here, but like who's farming in Minnesota this summer and she swims in the Mississippi and she's like, it's just not like you wouldn't like recognize that. the yeah. river. It's green. It's like the it's very lush around it. It's blue water. Wow, that's anyway, so interesting. Maybe not blue, but like you know, yeah. it's not not as, as brown. As <laughs> no. But anyway, it was just so beautiful, you know. But um, yeah. So that's the work I'm doing. I'm organizing that and getting a lot of. It's really amazing to learn about all the local organizing happening. Basically, my role is just to kind of like put put, put put people together, introduce people who are doing work around these issues in New Orleans, upriver, and internationally, and get people talking about these issues and how we're going to mm-hmm. keep living in the Gulf South.
0: That's really incredible. That. Um, for anyone who's interested in, like, finding out more about what um, your organization does or, like, how to get involved, yeah. is there a resource that people can reach out to or...
2: Yeah, totally. Um, we're working on our website right now. Yeah, so that is in progress. But, I mean, you can at least go to the New Orleans Center for the Gulf South website. We're housed in Tulane School of Liberal Arts. So if you just okay. Google us, you'll find our website really easily. And then... Um, yeah, and so if you email my I'm on there with my email. If you email me and you are interested in volunteering or want to know more about the project, just email me.
0: That's really awesome. Um yeah, so just to kind of like, I don't know, give it a nice little cap off, we like to ask people, both of you guys have restaurant experience. Um if you were going to eat anywhere in the city right now, where would you go? Hello. It doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be a new restaurant, doesn't right, even have right, to, right. but like, you know, if you had to pick somewhere to go or send somebody. Honestly,
2: if, I'm just going to go with my gut yeah. because otherwise I'll That's spend the perfect way thinking to thinking about it. And like where I always want to go is Tondin. <laughs> like Ugh. I'll always go to Tondin if I can. I think um, of the first time I went to
0: Tondin, I went with Sierra.
1: Really? Did we go together?
0: We
2: did back in high school, This is what I'm saying. It?
1: All these connections I like totally like it feels like a whole other world, but <laughs> <laughs> so long uh, ago. Oh, yeah. awesome. Okay, your turn. Um, I don't know where I would send people. Um, there is a place that I've been wanting to go. So having I can't vouch for it. Okay, but, but I've, I've heard that works. It's like the it's an Araby, It's the. Far- Thai place? No, it's the. What was oh, the, the kitchen. Oh, I, I've like,
0: been to the the Thai place. It's really the good. Thai place. Mama Thai is really good. Just saying. okay,
1: I I can't remember the name. All
0: of a sudden, it's like it's like a farm. And it's a like table kitchen restaurant. table cafe or something. Yeah, or someone recommended
1: oh, that recently to me. I haven't heard anything me. about that. Um, and I've been wanting, and we've actually we were just in Arabi for this lost cities um gallery exposition or something like that and so we passed it and i was like i want to go there but someone uh told me that there's some really good food there and that they're trying to do something similar that me and grace are or they are doing that so i i I would i want to go check it out and talk to them and yeah yeah taste their food because i'm sure it's really good
0: that's really awesome okay everybody check check it out (laughs) Tandon's always great go get some vietnamese food Mm -hmm. Mm yeah um Thank you guys so much for joining us and sharing a little bit about what you're doing and educating listeners a little bit and kind of giving people a way to step into these issues. Yeah. So. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh yeah, we can do.
2: (laughs) And also, what
0: is it? Let's see if I can remember what Jake always says. We'll end this podcast the way we end every shift with a shot of whiskey. I feel like that is very similar to what he says. He'll probably be oh, like, y'all are You didn't me do back. me justice. Yeah, this is
1: sweet. This is like wow, that's a I, Nobody yeah. nobody outside of restaurants yeah, wants out. to take shots. Like yeah, they yeah. want to take no, shots of whiskey. Do,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. This one's uh, very full. And I will God. do a baby <laughs> shot because I <laughs> twist you guys. I hate whiskey. What? Oh, I know. What? I've been doing shots of whiskey on this podcast this whole time. Wait, you've never and I told actually the truth. Yeah, and that's I'm telling like, the truth right now. I hate whiskey. Um, but I'm going to do it anyway. Fuck yeah. You guys are doing important work. And like, yeah, this is so so you guys are doing important work, yeah, so thank truly. you for being with us. Cheers. This has been How Do You Like Your Eggs, a production of the Cicada Radio Network. How Do You Like Your Eggs is co-hosted by me, Anna Goen, and Jacob Lewis. Asher Griffith is our editor and producer. You can learn more about this and other Cicada Radio productions at cicadaradio.com. If you're interested in supporting our show, check out our Patreon at patreoncom cicada radio. Just glad to see a blue morning and a yellow
1: egg at the break of a day. But you gotta break them before you make them. That's what they say. But you gotta break them before you make them. That's what they say.
0: gotta break them before you make them, that's what they say. This is Cicada Radio. Sing, love, die.